On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, it's time for my annual Tesla New Year's predictions of what I think will happen with each Tesla vehicle in the coming year. Plus, good news for those of you interested in the full self-driving software package, but not so interested in the $10,000 price tag. Jay Leno talks up Tesla on CNBC. The holiday software update rolls out to the fleet and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for the palindromatic year-ending episode 282 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for December 27th, 2020. Daisy the Boxer is to my left, and she is already passed out. It's good and late here on Christmas night. It happened to fall on a Friday, which is when I typically record. I've just put my daughter to bed, and now uh, just winding the day down, and it is podcast time. We were blessed with a very wonderful day today. We video conferenced with our relatives, our in-laws, my in-laws, that we would normally do Christmas with in person. But it was uh, everything worked out tech-wise. Everybody got to see what uh, everybody else was opening. So it was still a really fun day. I hope those of you who were celebrating had a wonderful day as well. And yeah, this is the last 2020 episode of this podcast before we move into 2021 for episode 283 next week. Again, I will be here with a regular new up-to-the-minute show. I'm not going anywhere, so uh, the regular weekly schedule will hold. But for this week first, got some super fun stuff lined up. Uh, Two quick programming notes I wanted to get to before moving into my annual predictions. It is that time of the year. First, the Google Hangout to welcome the new Patreon backers, as well as the Maximum Plaid tier backers who are always invited. Uh, That's going to be happening next Sunday, January 3rd at 12 p.m. Pacific time. If you're invited, you should have received an email and a calendar invite by about now. I'm going to either do that tomorrow or Sunday. But if you'd like to get in on it, it's not too late. You know, you just have to join me on Patreon if you feel that I've earned your support on there. But the Google Hangout with everybody, it's just my way of saying thank you and welcome to those of you who are kind enough to support my efforts. And quite frankly, it's super fun for me to just hang out and talk about all things Tesla with my fellow Tesla enthusiasts. And then the one other programming note before I move forward here, a quick thank you to Cameron from from nearby Los Altos for correcting me about the Chevy Bolt from a couple of shows back. It turns out that GM, who I have not kept up with, GM, like Tesla, has also exhausted their federal tax credits for electric vehicles. So, uh, obviously, this is a Tesla podcast, not a Chevy or Bolt show, but I want to make sure I'm giving out the correct information as uh, as much as humanly possible, and quite frankly, I failed to do that there. Not in a malicious way, but I just got it wrong. So, uh, Cameron, I appreciate you educating me on that. And, you know, maybe somebody besides Tesla, particularly a fellow American automaker, having now exhausted the tax credit, will give the incoming uh, political administration a bit more incentive to restore the incentive. So we'll see how things go on that front in 2021. Okay, 
Happy New Year to everybody. If you're listening to this, I guess uh, pretty much all of you, because let's see, uh, I'll be, yeah, I mean, it's coming up. You'll be, you might still be listening to this in 2020, but again, my last show of the year, which means it is time for my annual tradition, my Tesla predictions for each new vehicle for the year. And the other fun part of this, at least that I have fun with, hopefully you do too, I also check back and see how I did com- for the for the predictions for the year that just ended. So let's review how I did for 2020, which if you really want to go back and hear it all, this was back from episode 230, which, uh, yeah, so episode 282, that's exactly 52 episodes ago. All right, and, and again, I do these by car, so... Uh, Last year, I did the cyber sexier predictions, Cybertruck, S3, XY, and Roadster. I did not do semi predictions this year, but I, uh, last year, but I will this time, so stay tuned for that. Last year, about the Cybertruck, I said, quote, I'm not sure we'll see or hear much about the Cybertruck in 2020, aside from an update or two here and there on the reservation count. It will go out in public from time to time. It'll probably out be out front at the annual shareholders meeting in June, but we won't get much new concrete info on it. That's what I had to say a year ago. And uh, again, if we're scoring at home, as, as I'm doing for fun, I, I'm going to go ahead and give myself a full point on that one. It did show up at the shareholder meeting, though it wasn't in June. The shareholder meeting ended up doubling as battery day in September. And we did get an update on the reservation count, which maybe is cheating a little bit because I was the one who asked Elon the question about the reservation count at the uh, at Battery Day. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say one point there. All right, next the Model S. Last year I said this with the Cybertruck getting a 500 mile range, uh, 500 mile tri-motor option in late 2021, I'd imagine the Plaid S will get the same in late 2020. So 500 miles at the minimum, and I'm gonna go with 2.1 seconds as the zero to 60 time. The Roadster has to stay ahead here, and it's going to to clock in at 1.9 seconds unless, hmm, stay tuned. Well, I'm gonna give myself half a point on that one. I was right about the 500 mile range prediction for the Plaid Model S, but it turns out I was too conservative on the zero to 60 time for the Plaid S, so half a point there. Model 3. I said, small tweaks aside, like the dark gray wheels we just got on the Model 3 performance, I think the 3 is going to be all about volume production and delivery in 2020. Well, first, let me say this was kind of a lame prediction on my part, to be honest, but I'm going to give myself half a point here. The 3 didn't get a major redesign, obviously, but it did get more than just a few small tweaks. You know, it got the black trim, the octo valve, the new headlights, the new center console, a bit more range, the Uber turbine wheels for the performance Model 3, etc., etc. So I'm going to say... Half a point there for that one. Now with the X, I said this one year ago. Tough one here. We all but know that the Plaid X won't be out in 2020. Elon said it would come after the Plaid S, which is coming in late 2020. So it's pretty unlikely we see a Plaid mode family SUV this year. 
So I'll go with this prediction. The X gets a new Easter egg dance that it can do sometime in 2020, similar to the model Xmas mode. And well, this one, zero points, obviously. It was a pretty quiet year for the Model X this year, looking back. But yeah, no points for me on this one. It certainly didn't get a new dance that it could do. And, and Tesla didn't really do much at all with the Model X in 2020, other than add some range, which is certainly good, of course. Don't get me wrong. But nevertheless, zero points for me from last week's last year's prediction on that. Model Y, I said this. I'll go with first customer deliveries in May. Also, I guess I'll take a crack at predicting Model Y production for 2020. I'll almost certainly be wrong because you've got two big variables in the form of when production starts and how the production ramp goes. But I definitely think the ramp will go much more quickly than the three, but they will nevertheless have to ramp up. So I'll say 100,000 the first year. Well, for, first of all, I said there were two big variables in the... <laughs> turns out there was a third one in 2020, completely unforeseen, and that was a global pandemic, which got in the way, very much in the way, of Model Y production. But even setting that aside, Tesla still made me look silly on both of those predictions. Zero points for me on this one. Tesla started delivering the Model Y not in May, but in March. And they are going to end up delivering way more than 100,000 Model Y in 2020. So zero points for me there. And finally, the Roadster. A year ago, I predicted this for the Roadster in 2020. I said, quote, I believe the Roadster program will spin back up in a big way in 2020. The Plaid S is the test bed. We know that. You also heard Franz von Holzhausen say on this very podcast, that was episode 220 if you're curious, that the final Roadster would exceed the prototype in every way. So here goes. Roadster 0-60 will end up at 1.8 seconds without the SpaceX package. And I think we hear and perhaps even see more of what the SpaceX package can do in 2020. And the range is going to hit 700 miles. Yes, I said it. I don't think the Roadster will be out in 2020, but I think it's going to be running the ball towards the end zone. Well, I'm also going to have to give myself a big fat zero on this one. The Roadster program absolutely did not spin back up in a big way this year, at least not in any public way whatsoever. I was right about it not releasing in 2020, but that was pretty darn obvious uh, that that was going to be the case. And it really was almost complete and total radio silence on the Roadster this past year. So zero points for me there. And that brings the scoring to an end. I, I scored a total of two out of six possible points, which is admittedly not great. Unless, <laughs> unless we're playing by baseball rules and we're talking baseball batting average, in which case, hey, 333. That'll make the all-star team, but no, it's uh, these are not baseball rules. Two out of six, not very good. Let's see if I can do better with my 2021 predictions. And for I'm going to tweak the format just slightly by adding another vehicle. Uh, I'm going to go with sexy cars format on this one. A prediction for S3XY CARS. 
Uh, just to add in the cyber quad here, which is the A, because why not? That's how Tesla had them lined up at battery day. Well, if, you're, if you were facing the stage, it was S3XY on the left, and it was CARS on the right. So, hey, this is just for fun. I make the rules. It doesn't really matter. So here we go. For Model S, here's my prediction. Well, we know that 2021 is going to be the year of the Plaid Model S. The question is, will the exterior and interior be redesigned along with everything underneath that's making that Plaid power possible? I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to say there will be a total Model S redesign in 2021, meaning the interior and the exterior. I mean, hey, as I talked about last week, the Lucid Air is coming, and it's bringing plenty of range and plenty of uh, promising features. The Porsche Taycan is finally getting out into the world, and it's a very impressive vehicle by performance metrics and, and otherwise. And the fact is, the Model S turns nine in 2021, nine years old. It is time for the Model S 2.0. So put me down for that. To Model 3 now. Honestly, this is a tough one. I mean, the 3 just got a bit of a refresh, which did include a bit of a range boost. So I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of take a page from my prediction last year. I'm going to make a production prediction. Now, unfortunately, as you know, Tesla doesn't give individual vehicle production numbers. They combine S and X, and they give that number, and they combine the 3 and the Y production, and they give that number. So I'm going to be aggressive here, and I'm going to say we know uh, that Shanghai is going to start uh, spinning out Model Ys any day now, really. We know that Giga Berlin is due to come online, and in some capacity, which I'll talk more about later, that Giga Texas is supposed to come online whether, whether Model Y will come out of Texas in 2021 is, is a, another matter. But anyway, I'm going to say 800,000 combined deliveries for the 3 and the Y, which, will, which I'm basing on the back of increased production for, the, for, the, uh, for both cars, the 3 and the Y, in Fremont and in Shanghai. So... 800K combined, which again, so I'm not including the S and the X or any Cybertrucks that might make it out. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm being pretty bullish on Tesla's 2021 production and delivery numbers. So put me down for that on the Model 3. To the Model X now. It's another tough one. The X, as uh, same as last year, the X is highly unlikely to get a plaid version in uh, in this next year. In fact, I'm at the point, and I've said this before, I wonder if the Plaid X is going to happen at all. Uh, I mean, Elon did mention it on Twitter, but it has otherwise never been acknowledged in any way. But that's, I guess that'll be a prediction for next year. For now, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go against my Model S prediction, and I'm going to say that the Model X doesn't get any major changes inside or out in 2021. So while I said yes to Model S 2.0, I'm saying no to Model X 2.0 in 2021. The thing is, the reason I say that, the X is not as old as the S, 
And if it's not getting a plaid model in 2021, there would seem to be no immediate reason to redo it from the ground up. So we'll see how I end up faring on that prediction. Hopefully very wrong. I, I would love to get that one wrong. I would love to see a Model X 2.0. All right, Model Y. Now, the Y has not even been on the market for a year yet. It is still very new. But that said, we're expecting two major new options for the Model Y this coming year. A long-range rear-wheel drive option and the third-row option that'll bring that total seating capacity to seven. We're also expecting what is basically the Model Y 2.0, speaking of the Model S or X 2.0, but the Model Y 2.0, just not from an exterior perspective, from an under-the-hood perspective, is due when Giga Berlin opens up late in 2021. All under the hood stuff, you know, the, the single piece casting, the uh, next generation paint shop, uh, the structural battery pack, all of that. So I will go with this for my Model Y prediction. Since we don't actually know much about Giga Texas, as I alluded to a moment ago, I'm going to say that the Y will not start production out of Texas by the end of 2021. Texas, as we know, is at some point going to be doing Model Y for the eastern half of the United States. And then, of course, it'll be doing the Cybertruck for all of North America. I think the focus is going to be getting the, uh, the it'll be the focus in that factory will be on getting the Cybertruck up and running in that facility. And in theory, the Cybertruck should be able to get spun up first compared to the Model Y in that building, since the Cybertruck doesn't need a paint shop and it doesn't need some of the other manufacturing steps. It can be built in a much smaller footprint. So if only some of the building is, is really finished and operational, the Cybertruck would seem like the most likely candidate to come out of there first. Plus there's the fact that there are 600 plus thousand reservations that continue to build up for the Cybertruck and Tesla just needs to get production. I would, in short, I think the priority for Texas has to be on getting Cybertruck production spun up as quickly as possible. Doing Model Y for the eastern half of the United States very much in comparison seems like a secondary priority there. So, um, so again, there it is. Since we know Cybertruck is due out in late 2021, my prediction is that the Model Y will not start coming out of Texas this year. It, won't, it will not happen until 2022. As for Cybertruck now, now the most interesting prediction I could possibly make is probably when first deliveries will happen. First, let me say, I'll clarify, public deliveries. Although the second this thing, <laughs> if Tesla delivers a few to investors or other company insiders, it's going to be obvious real quick because those cars stand out like alien spaceships <laughs> on the road. But anyway... Uh, first public deliveries, I'm going to say November. I'm not going to try and guess a specific date. That would be a fool's errand. But hopefully you'll you'll allow me to, to take a full point in a year from now if, if November does indeed end up being the month. As for the A now, we're at sexy cars. We're up to the A, which is the ATV, a.k.a. the Cyberquad. Uh, I'll go with a very simple prediction here. I will say that the Cyberquad 
will not be available as an accessory for the Cybertruck in 2021 when it launches. In fact, I'm not even sure that the Cyberquad is going to be available in 2022. I think that thing's going to come way down the line, but I'll save that for next year. For now, I'll just say no Cyberquad at launch of for the uh, for the truck. The Roadster. All right. The Roadster will definitely be in development in 2021. It just it's it's time. It's got to happen. But I am going to still say another year of radio silence on the Roadster. I think 2021 is going to be all about the Cybertruck, the Plaid Model S, and the first deliveries of the Tesla semi-truck. I think 2022 is the year we will finally hear big details, hardcore details about the Roadster, and I think we'll see first deliveries of that car in 2022. But I'm going to say... Another year of total radio silence on the Roadster, as much as that would break my heart, but they'll get there, right? It'll happen eventually, but I'm just, I don't think it's going to be this coming year, and it's another one, that's another one I would absolutely be thrilled to be wrong about. Finally, the semi-truck. Now, the semi-program has been pretty quiet, too. We really didn't hear much about it this year, but Tesla has repeatedly said in official, like, quarterly, you know, the shareholder letter that the first deliveries were going to happen for the semi in 2021. And I certainly believe that will happen. I do think it will be late 2021 because of the necessity of having the 4680 battery cells. But I predict that Tesla will have a launch event for the semi. I think they'll have a big fancy launch party uh, that shows off autopilot for the semi, a public demonstration of what autopilot on a semi truck looks like. I think that launch event will also get the final range number. And uh, I think you'll see all the big corporate client reservation holders like Walmart be in attendance for that event. So that's, that's my, uh, I'm saying that's my prediction for the semi on that. It is going to be, now, regardless of how right or wrong I am about all of this, it is going to be a big year, a fun year for Tesla, no matter how many of my predictions end up coming true or not. But stick with me all 2021 long, and hey, let's enjoy the ride, because why else would I be doing this podcast if not to enjoy talking about all this stuff? It's going to be a busy, fun, awesome year for Tesla, and with that, Let me move on to the week's Tesla news, because there was still plenty, even though it was a holiday week. This first item will be good news to many of you. Elon Musk has given a substantial, or at least noteworthy update on the full self-driving subscription option. Elon was asked on Twitter, can you allow full self-driving to be paid for annually? Makes no sense to buy FSD if I'm leasing. Elon replying to this saying, quote, Absolutely. We will release FSD subscription early next year, meaning 2021. So this begs the question, will it be a monthly subscription or will there only be an annual option or could there be both? Because I confess, I have to say, I hadn't really thought about this from the leasing perspective before, but it's a totally fair point. 
it might make more sense to subscribe for a three-year lease at, say, two grand a year if you do plan on turning the car back in at the end of the lease. $10,000 in that scenario might be a bit much for a lot of people. If it is going to be an annual payment option, I could see $2,000 per year, maybe even a bit more. They could, could even go a bit higher than that. And if there is going to be a monthly option, I'm going to stick with a guess of $200 per month on that. I, I think there's a very good chance I might end up being way off, uh, but I think if I am way off, I'm probably too optimistic because quite honestly, again, I'd love to be wrong, but I don't see it being much less than $200 a month. If, there's, if, if Tesla goes with the under on that, I don't think it's going to be too much under. I think that the odds are better that it would be more than that. Um, I'll say too, I expect that the that that planned rollout for this uh, for for early 2021, meaning the the city the, the uh, subscription option, pardon me, probably coincides with the wide rollout of the city streets full self driving software update that's been in beta now. I mean, really, there's been no word about about new beta testers, as Elon said that they would be adding another wave of people. And certainly there's been no update on the release of that software as of my recording here on Christmas night, which at this point we're, we're in late December. So it looks like I may have been accurate in my prediction that the wide rollout of that city street full self-driving software is not going to arrive until Q1, whether again, that's for software development reasons, revenue recognition reasons for the books, or, or perhaps both. But regardless, it is on in the way, uh, and, and oh boy, I really can't wait to check it out. I just cannot wait to see what this software can do with this full self-driving, uh, excuse me, with this autopilot rewrite. And speaking to the subscription option, I am just really glad to hear that people are gonna have an alternative way to experience full self-driving without having to cough up that pretty hefty $10,000 lump sum. Now, speaking of juicy Elon comments, this one involves what was a possible Apple buyout of Tesla a few years ago. This is, to be clear, this is not right now, but this was from a few years ago. You may have seen or heard about this story. This was a, a Reuters exclusive from this past week. Reuters had an a, a exclusive piece about Apple's electric car program that has apparently gotten back up off the ground and they have an eye towards starting production on an Apple electric car in 2024. Now, Elon commented on that in response to somebody tweeting him about it, but the specifically Tesla relevant thing that Elon said about it was this. He said, quote, during the darkest days of the Model 3 program, I reached out to Tim Cook to discuss the possibility of Apple acquiring Tesla, parentheses, for one-tenth of our current value. And then Elon concludes by saying, he refused to take the meeting. Well, the story about Google possibly acquiring Tesla prior to that even had been reported before. I think, if I remember correctly, that might have been in Ashley Vance's Elon biography, 
pardon me if that's if that's not quite accurate. That's what my brain is telling me. But but this this Apple thing, this is new information. I presume that by quote unquote darkest days that Elon probably means the second half of 2017, aka about three years ago from right now, because that's when when Tesla the Model Three had been released officially. But Tesla was really struggling to ramp up production. They were really struggling to make that, you know, highly automated, robot-tastic alien dreadnought. Remember that? They were really struggling to make that work. The fluffer bot, the whole thing. But, you know, I'll tell you, the what-if game on this is fascinating. What if Apple had acquired Tesla? I will say, number one, I doubt that the Cybertruck would have happened. If, if Apple had bought the company. I do think Model 3 and Model Y probably would have turned out fine in the end under Apple, just as they, just as they have done in our actual reality here on, on, <laughs> on, this, on this planet, in this universe. Number two, I'll say, uh, if Apple had acquired Tesla, would Elon have stuck around at, under that situation? Or, and even if he does... Would, he, would it have been in the same role? So that's interesting food for thought. And number three, I'll say, it might end up costing Apple a lot more than $60 billion, which is the one-tenth of Tesla's current value. It, Apple might end up spending more than $60 billion to build its own electric vehicle when it's all said and done. I, I, I don't know, obviously. I don't know anything about how much Apple would spend to get a car off the ground, but... It's certainly not cheap. It's it's arguably the most expensive industry to get into. I guess maybe accepting aviation. That might be the only other one. Or aerospace for sure. But um, but yeah, uh, I wonder if if Tim Cook should have at least taken that meeting. I mean, I will say this. I mean, I, whether or not you're an Apple fan or not, I'm happy with my iPhone. But uh I have to say, I'm genuinely surprised that Tim Cook didn't at least take the meeting, man. Really? Like, wouldn't you at least hear what Elon Musk had to say with everything he'd achieved up to that point, even even with the Model 3 struggling to get off the ground uh, production-wise? Now, fortunately, as we all zap back to, to the reality we do live in here, it has all worked out for Tesla quite well, of course, and hopefully, honestly, I hope it works out well for Apple, too. I have to say, I've seen a lot of Tesla fans online just, quite frankly, dismissing the uh, the rumored attempt here of an EV by Apple. And I just don't feel that way. Because, quite frankly, it Apple coming into the space, there'd be no Tesla killer. There'd be no taken, you know, taken business from Tesla an Apple car, more likely than not, would be an internal combustion engine killer, which is exactly what Tesla has been. They would, they would have the potential to disrupt the ICE game in the same way that Tesla has been doing. I think an Apple car would, if it's good, of course, would really help just grow, the, make the tent bigger. It's going to make the whole thing bigger. I mean, EVs are currently a very, very tiny overall piece of the automotive market pie. And Apple would probably help grow that 
and in the process, probably help normalize electric vehicles a bit more too. I mean, Tesla's doing a great job of that, but Apple could really help fast forward that, I think. So again, even if you're not an Apple user yourself, I think you'd probably agree with me when I say that while yes, Apple has rarely been first into a market, but they almost they, they tend to almost always do their products well when they do put them out. You know, the iPhone's a good product, the watch is a good product, the iPad's a good product. I think odds are, uh, again, that this Apple coming into the space would make that EV tent bigger, which, guess what, would ultimately benefit both Tesla and Tesla's mission. That's what the mission's all about. But I'll tell you, in hindsight, I really am glad, nothing against Apple, but I'm very glad that Tesla is still its own company and not owned by somebody else. One more nugget from Elon this week, this one about Tesla's long-standing offer to let other automakers use the supercharger network. Friend of the podcast, Marquez Brownlee, who I know listens to the show. Hi, Marquez. How are you? He, he tweeted at Elon. Actually, he just tweeted and Elon happened to reply. Uh, Marquez says, serious question. Why don't more electric car makers take up Tesla on their offer to use the supercharging network? Incompatible tech? Hidden fees? Pride? There's got to be a good reason. And Elon responded and said, they are, although it's kind of low key. Tesla superchargers are being made accessible to other electric cars, end quote. Okay, so that's good. But the question I have is, who? (laughs) Who is it? Is it Audi, who's got the e-tron? And uh, quite frankly, if you haven't taken a look, Audi has a a very impressive EV lineup specifically, and the entire Volkswagen group, in my just personal opinion, they seem to be about the only one of the legacy automakers that are taking electric cars seriously right now. So is yeah, is it Audi? Is it the VW Group? I'm, I wonder who has the sharing privileges at this point. Still, whatever the answer is there, it's good news. I just, I just want to know more. I really want to hear more about this. Uh, who, I mean, who's got the adapters to, to cook up to Tesla's proprietary network? I, I'm going to keep following this one because I have a feeling that there is more to be learned here. Uh, all right. A couple more things this week. Yes, as, you, as I said at the top, it's a very busy show. Uh, including when I when I rolled in my predictions there. I know that took up a good chunk of the show, but hope, hopefully enjoyed that. So the big promised holiday software update has begun rolling out to the fleet. It really started going wide. Uh, it might have been, Chris, if, if it wasn't Christmas Eve, it was here on Christmas Day. But it, you may see either version, uh, it's 2020.48.25 or .26. And I want to thank uh, a, a friend of mine, who works at Tesla, who sent me the release notes for this uh, prior to the rollout beginning. So I definitely was prepared to talk about this on the podcast. But as of now, some of you may have already, in fact, a number of you may have already received it. So I'll keep this fairly brief. But uh, it it is, there is a good number of stuff in here. It's more fun stuff than utilitarian this time, uh, I would say, which... Some people have expressed disappointment about that, specifically because Elon did hype it up himself uh, 
uh, on Twitter. In fact, I told you about that, what, a week or two ago. So I, I can understand the bit of disappointment. I think it's always important to remember these updates are free. No other car company is really doing this kind of thing in this kind of way and offering this these kind of substantial updates. And honestly, like Tesla would be well within their rights to pay, you know, to, to offer these as a as a paid thing, these software updates, these feature updates and things. And we do get them for free. So yeah, a little bit of a bummer that like the we didn't get the remote access to the sentry mode cameras. We didn't get the full self-driving city street stuff yet. But here's what you did get. Uh, number one is a new visualization. So as I, I talked about this, because this rolled out to the full self-driving beta testers, what, a few weeks ago, and now it's rolling out to everybody. It's a, it's a slightly revamped look for your screen. And it will now, so now the, the car visualization on the left takes up more of the screen real estate and the map gets a little bit less of the screen. So you this is this is really more intended obviously for when the the city streets full self-driving stuff does roll out wide. It's the car's going to show you on the screen a lot more of of what it sees than than what it shows you right now. So uh so that and then some other stuff got tweaked which I I told you about that what three four shows back. So I'm not going to I'm not going to get too far into it, but yes, you've got a bit of a new look. There's also what's described as the boom box. And as it's described, uh, by the way, I have not received the update yet, uh, but I'm sure I'll probably get it tomorrow or the next day. No big deal. And again, hopefully all of you will soon as well. But the boom box, turn your car into a boom box and entertain a crowd with your media player when parked. You can also customize the sound your car makes when you press the horn drive the car or when the the car is moving with summon. So basically this is tapping into the pedestrian speaker, which is basically this isn't total 100% cut and dry, black and white, but if your car was made in September of 2019 onward, meaning or more recently, so anytime going back to September 2019, but not before, You've got the pedestrian speaker. If you're not sure, well, all you got to do is either back the car up or drive it forward in, in low speed and see if it makes a noise or just crawl under the back of the car and you'll see a speaker grill there if you have it. But uh, odds are you already know if you have the pedestrian speaker or not. So so yes, this allows you to customize the sounds. There's, uh, there's the snake jazz in there, which is the Rick and Morty reference. You can do the external farts <laughs> on the speakers. You can do, uh, and, and again, you can do custom stuff too. So if you want to do, you know, throw a little Night Rider on there, the the kit, the you can get a little of that going. Uh, I suppose, as was pointed out to me wisely uh, by, in fact, hold on, I've got got the uh, got them right here. Caleb is the is the listener's name there. Caleb mentioned, well, you, if you just want silence. If you don't like the sound that the car makes at low speed in forward or reverse, you could just put a blank MP3 file, a, 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 an MP3 of silence. And guess what? Now you've got no more sound if you don't like that sound. So you could do that as well. So next, three new games. They are 
The Battle of Polytopia, Cat Quest, and Solitaire. Now, if I remember correctly, Solitaire had been there early on, and I think it got pulled for some reason. It's back. So three new games. And then uh, the, let's see, you've got more emissions testing mode. Uh, I guess that's that's just uh, the same thing. The <laughs> fart sounds on the outside of the car. Supercharger display improvements. It just cleans up the map. In fact, I was just talking about that when I brought up the Fireball station here in California opening up not too long ago. It's, it's a 56-stall station and the giant bar going across. Well, they've, they've finally updated that, so now it just shows an Arabic numeral there. So it'll show how many, you know, if, if, if you bring up Fireball on the in-car map and there's 50 stalls free, it'll just show the number 50 rather than 50 little red bars. So they've cleaned that up. And then, of course, I mentioned the uh, driving visualization. So that's what's out. There is more coming, Elon saying on Twitter, because people were wondering, wait a second, you kind of said this was a double fire emoji update. And uh, it's people are, you know, again, some people are a little disappointed. And Elon acknowledging, well, it's one fire emoji or half a fire emoji if you don't have a car with a pedestrian speaker. We couldn't get everything done in time, but more stuff is coming. So there are some more features. Perhaps that will include the remote sentry mode access and some of the other things that we... Uh, oh, actually, the other one come, that comes to mind is the the uh, repeater camera coming on on, the, on your screen when you hit activate your turn signal. That's another one that we've we've been led to expect is coming fairly soon as well. My apologies. Oh. Why is Siri yelling at me? Huh, I'm not sure how I triggered it on that one. Sorry about that. That's kind of funny. Anyway, let's move on with the last story item of the week. Jay Leno went on CNBC with Shepard Smith to talk a little Tesla, and here's a clip. Incredible. Can you believe this company? Yes, I can't. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in American innovation, American technology. You know... For a while, we are getting like the British. We celebrated noble failures. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't think he could do it, and of course he didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I love the idea. You know, the genius of Elon was he was building the infrastructure as he was building the vehicle. Even today, a lot of the major manufacturers build an electric car, but where do you charge it? Yeah. Oh, you charge it home. Yeah, but what if you're on the road? Where do you find the charger? Elon was smart. When he started, he knew this idea would work. So he built charging stations so you could go to Vegas initially. You could go to San Francisco. And then he branched out to, well, you could drive across the whole country now in a, in a Tesla without using any fuel at all. Yeah, I've, I've got one. You can most Dunkin' Donuts along the turnpike seem to have them. You, you've been following this for a long time. There's competition in this lane now. Can, can this company sustain this growth? Can it take over this part of the industry? Again, it's that, you know, it was funny. I remember people saying, uh, well, Tesla's doing fine, but once the Germans, once the other people get involved, they're going to fall behind. Well, you know, I've seen the electric cars from Europe, and they fall short. They don't have the range of the Tesla. Uh, they don't. I mean, because Tesla leads the field. We have we seem to have this inferiority complex that somehow <laughs> things in Europe are better than things built here. I mean, General Motors builds a Corvette that rivals Lamborghini and Ferrari for sixty thousand yeah. dollars. I mean, the equivalent in European uh, money for that sort of horsepower and handling would be 
at least $250,000. So, uh, no, I, I have great, great uh, belief in the American entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, the fact that Elon can send a rocket into space and land it back on Earth for, what, a tenth of the price of what the U.S. government well, that's what private industry is supposed to do. Cheaper, faster, more efficient. That's how it got to be the American industry. We're able to do it better than the government could do it. And, and I think he's proving that. Since we started promoting this segment yesterday, there are plenty of Tesla lovers. But there are people out there who are like, I want to hear the rumble. I want to feel the car. I don't want any of this. What are they missing? Well, you can buy another car. I mean, <laughs> it's a different look. You know, it's like people that say, uh, I like rock and roll. I don't like rap. Fine. It's all music. OK, <laughs> it's all transportation. Most I predict that and I love these kind of cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Ford Cobras. You'll use them on weekends the way you would use a snowmobile, recreation vehicle. You go up in the hills and have fun and go through the gears. But driving in downtown L.A. traffic for an hour and a half every day, bumper to bumper at 20 miles an hour, you're not going to hear any rumble. You're just going to waste gas. But yeah. if you're in a quiet electric vehicle, you're not polluting and you're saving. So it doesn't always have to be one thing or the other. That's the great thing about America. You have choice. You know, I bought a Tesla not because it was environmentally friendly, although it's, it's a good reason, uh, but because it was the fastest accelerating yeah. four-door car you could buy. I like fast cars. And this happened. It had the range. It had the speed. I've never, I bought it in 2015. I have done nothing to it. It's never been to a dealer for a repair. I just drive it. Mm -hmm. When I want to have fun, I'll take out my 1960 Triumph TR3 and bomb around. But in terms of everyday vehicles, uh, you, you can't beat it. What I really enjoyed about this was that one, it was on CNBC, a network that generally speaking has not been kind to Tesla in the past. And you heard the host, Shepard Smith, say there that he's a Tesla owner himself. That's pretty cool. Two, I just love hearing Jay talk cars. And every now and again, he does talk Tesla. He's just, he's got a wonderful perspective because he's seen and driven almost literally everything. I mean, he's not just a Porsche guy like, say, uh, fellow com comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that, to borrow a line from, from Jerry, but... I mean, Jay is, he is automotively agnostic. He does not worship at the altar of any, <laughs> any single car company. But, uh, you know, I've played the clip of, of Leno telling his story about how he came to buy his Tesla before. And I'll tell you, it's, it sounds like that he drives it a good bit of time and he seems to really enjoy it. The fact is, Jay is somebody that car people pay a lot of attention to. So anytime Jay does speak well of Tesla, it's just going to help normalize them for the, you know, the, the gearheads who maybe haven't given Tesla a try or a fair shake yet. And by the way, I couldn't agree with Jay more about his American entrepreneurial spirit comment there. Tesla is the embodiment of that here in the 21st century. Great stuff from Jay. Great stuff this week. A lot of fun stories. Stick with me, though. I'm not quite done. I'll take a few of your phone calls. I know the show's running a bit long so far, and your, your time is valuable, particularly here at the holidays. But I'm going to do a few of the Ride the Lightning phone calls that I've got lined up right after this.
Before I move on with the podcast, a big thank you to Teslab for once again sponsoring Ride the Lightning. Now, to remind you what Teslab is all about, it's basically like a fitness tracker for your car, like a Tesla version of a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. Teslab is an incredibly useful app that complements your Tesla ownership experience by helping you see and understand exactly how your vehicle is performing well beyond what the car shows you. And I'm extra proud to have them sponsoring the show again because they have kicked off a fantastic new initiative that I am really, really excited about. There is a new feature in Teslab that calculates the CO2 emissions of your charging sessions. It actually reads from your local utility to determine where the energy is coming from and then calculates your carbon impact. But that's not the awesome part. The really great part of this is that Teslab is partnering with One Tree Planted to allow you to offset the carbon impact of your energy usage if you so choose. It works by choosing the level you want to offset and then submitting payment. You can do this on an ongoing basis or just as a one-time thing. Once your order goes through, they send the funds to One Tree Planted, which helps with reforestation and thus offsetting your carbon impact. So if you're like me and want to make sure you're living as sustainably as possible, check out teslab.app RTL to learn more. It's free to sign up and you can start planting trees as soon as your first charge. And remember that the Teslab app is free to use for life, but you can upgrade to a pro account for the price of a coffee and get way more out of it. Check it out. That's teslab.app slash RTL, T-E-Z-L-A-B dot A-P-P slash R-T-L. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to call in and have your voice heard. I would love to feature you here on the podcast. So call in anytime with your Tesla question. Please try to keep your question to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many listeners as possible each week. And you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either, uh, either use your smartphone's built-in rec voice recording software and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number that you can dial anytime you like is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Just going to do a few calls here this week, trying to be respectful of your time. I'll save the rest for next week, but again, I do still need some good phone calls. Keep them coming. Would love to hear from you. First up this week is Greg from Pittsburgh. Go ahead, Greg. Hello, Ryan and fellow listeners. This is Greg from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a very proud 2013 pre-owned Model S owner. Pre-owned was the only way I could get into my dream car, but I did it. I want to help further round out your response to Glenn from South Africa, who asked about data services and their costs once your car crosses over a country's border. A few years ago, I took the family up to Toronto, Canada. As I crossed over the border, my streaming services ceased working. My navigation did continue to my destination, but when I went to enter the next location, the navigation would no longer connect to the servers. The maps were all downloaded, so they continued to work, but the route navigation did not. As Glenn mentioned, this is most likely due to Tesla not wanting to foot the bill for any roaming charges. At that time, the car did not give me a warning that I had exited my service area. Of course, this means it also did not give me the opportunity to stay connected via another telecarrier. 
Fortunately, I had pre-planned for this to occur and already had set up my country roaming on my cell phone to handle navigation while in Canada. Since I have your ear, I think it is mandatory that I thank you for keeping this podcast positive. With everything in the world today being amplified by social media, staying positive can be tough. I appreciate you and your positive light in the world. Please give Daisy a scratch behind the ears and the jowls. Take care. Greg, thank you for the kind words. And yes, I will pass along those pets for Daisy, although I guess I'll do it another time because she is snoring away right now. But good to know about driving your car across a border into another country. It sounds like it just doesn't have any roaming capability, which I honestly can't blame Tesla too much for. I mean, the the percentage of people that would even drive it across the Mexico or Canada border here in North America is probably almost infinitesimally small. I mean, I'm sure Europe has got to be a bit different there since inter-country travel is a lot more regular and common. It's uh, it's like driving from between states here from a sort of geographic perspective. But yes, thank you very much for shedding light on how it is here in North America. In fact, thinking about it, like Tesla, they, they have that data. They know if it is infinitesimally small percentage of the fleet that's ever driving their car over a border. So uh, appreciate the call, Greg. Going next to Adam in Portland. Hey there, Ryan, and all the Tesla family out there. It's Adam from Portland. Uh, I have a request to make for the community. I think I might not be the only one that would appreciate this request. At a lot of superchargers, there's typically only one stall where you can pull head in. And more often than not, if I'm at a supercharger, it's because I'm on a long-distance trip for an adventure. I've either got a bike rack on the back of my Model 3 or I'm pulling a trailer with my dirt bike on it. If the community could go ahead and not use those head-in chargers unless needed, like say that all the other stalls are full or they have something on the back of their car, I've pulled in multiple times with you know mountain bikes on the back of my car and it's very difficult to reverse in and get close enough to the superchargers so if people could keep those clear unless needed that would be great thanks well that is a perfectly reasonable request adam and a public service announcement that i'm happy to pass along now here at the busy holiday travel season i absolutely think tesla needs to take a harder look at this moving forward what with of course the cybertruck and its towing capabilities on the way in now less than a year's time. But in the meantime, yeah, I think it's fair to ask that people, if you can, don't use the pull-in supercharger spot if there is one and if others are available. Let me just do one more call from this week, or for this week, I should say. Serge from Paris. Go ahead, Serge. Hey, Ryan. Serge from Paris here. Longtime listener, very happy owner of a Model 3 since March 2019. Just a couple of quick things before my 90 seconds run out. First off, I was wondering if there was an RTL summary somewhere online where we could find a rundown of all the awesome tips that are scattered through your almost 300 episodes now. For example, I remember you mentioning a great product to clean your seats with, but I absolutely can't recall which episode that was in or which product that was. Would be great if I could find that info on a website somewhere. Second point I was hoping you could maybe give a shout out about to Tesla is the following programmable sentry mode. I often leave my car for days in a row at the airport 
and keeping sentry mode on for that long would drain my battery way too much for my return home. If there was a setting to only activate sentry mode at night, for example, that would be awesome. Okay, thanks for the show, Ryan. See you later. Hope I wasn't too long. Serge, thank you very much for your call. Uh, and your call was not too long at all, by the way, so don't worry about that. To answer your questions, first, a fellow longtime listener from Europe, Ramy from the Netherlands, hi, Ramy, has put together teslaprotips.com to do exactly what you're looking for. Catalog all of the pro tips from this show and other sources into one convenient place. So take a look at that when you have a moment. And then to directly answer your immediate request, Chemical Guys Orange Degreaser. That is the product that I had mentioned for cleaning my white seats. It's not the only one. There are plenty of other good ones. I've had people call in. It's good to have plenty of options, but that's the one that I've been using and having good luck with. Just make sure you follow the directions specifically because that Chemical Guys Orange Degreaser is pretty potent stuff. Now, second, with regard to your suggestion to have a more programmable, I guess would be the best word for it, more programmable sentry mode, honestly, I think that's an excellent idea. I totally agree that only running sentry mode for eight hours a day while you're away from the car and it's unplugged, such as, you know, while it's at an airport or something, instead of having it go 24 hours a day, you know, during the daytime when it's maybe not as, as uh, much of a safety concern, it, that really would be a great option to have that kind of uh, choice within sentry mode. So here's hoping that Tesla hears it. Thank you so much, Serge. Thanks to everybody who called in. Again, keep those calls coming. I would love to hear from you. I'll keep. I'll probably, almost certainly, have a uh, more fully, fully fleshed out uh, ride the lightning hotline segment next week. Because I mean, ne- next week's a holiday. It's like it's really a holiday week. This week, it technically was, but a lot of people, including myself, were still at work for the front half of the week. So I, I'm wondering if next week might end up being a little on the quieter side as far as Tesla news goes. So I would love to hear from you. If you want to call in, I'll probably have more time to get to plenty more calls on next week's show. All right. Thank you, again. Thank you everybody again, I should say, for the calls. But stick with me. I'm not quite done. I've got your pro tip of the week and then a couple of other things to wrap up with right after this. This is Steve Downs the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, I was a little annoyed for a quick second this week. Uh, I'd washed my car last week, and I, you know, so I knew what everything looked like. (laughs) And then this, the other day, I noticed, I noticed a little, uh, chunk taken out of the paint protection film on the hood and i was like oh man that's a bummer it's kind of you know it's a little noticeable it's this it's it's a pretty good uh divot but it's it is all film and then i had to stop at myself and go well wait a second no it's fine this is exactly what the paint protection film is for it's so that this doesn't take out paint it doesn't take a chunk of paint it just takes a chunk of film so Uh, but it definitely happened this week because it was not there when I washed the car last week. But anyway, uh, yay paint protection film. (laughs) Just continue to be grateful for that. Oh my goodness. Uh, quick TV slash, uh, or video game recommendation. I'll do a TV one 
this time. And I know I'm cheating here because I've mentioned this before, but uh, season two of The Mandalorian through Star Wars on Disney Plus just came to a close about a week or so ago. And I certainly won't spoil anything, but the finale, the season two finale was uh, one of the most probably one of the best episodes of television I've seen in a long time. I mean, uh, my whole family watched it. It's our, it's probably our one big, just family show that we all watch as appointment viewing together. And, uh, what a, just what a fun ride that show is. If you're, if you're, if you enjoy star Wars at all, it's just so well done. Season two was fantastic. And the way they ended it, Boy, what are I'll just say roller coaster of emotions, but all good emotions. Like they, it, everything made me feel. It wasn't like I was mad. Like oh god, what are they doing? I was. It was all positive emotions. Great show uh, if you like Star Wars and have Disney Plus. Pro tip of the week time: Phil from Kent, Ohio. Go ahead, Phil. Hi, Ryan. This is Phil from Kent, Ohio. I have a quick support story for you. So my brand new Model 3 Standard Range Plus from June of 2020, original range of 250 miles, is down to 232. I chatted with Tesla support and they suggested doing a hard reset, which I had thought I had been doing, but apparently a soft reset is holding the two scroll wheels until the screen goes blank, but a hard reset is where you press and hold the two scroll wheels until you see the T logo, which is about a full minute. They also said depressing the brake pedal does absolutely nothing which I found very interesting. They could even tell me, uh, oh, it's been well over 300 hours since you've ever done a hard uh, reset, which I've never done one. So I did one while on support, and all of my settings disappeared. They said, did you have a USB uh, flash drive plugged in for sentry mode? And I said, yes. They said, okay, well, that probably messed things up. Um, Do another one. And that helped, but I did have to re-enter some of my settings. So word to the wise, when you do a hard reset, pressing the two squirrel wheels for a full minute, uh, make sure that you don't have any storage device plugged in. Thanks a lot for the podcast, as always, and have a wonderful holiday. Well, thank you, Phil. That is new information to me. I, I had long been under the impression that holding the brake pedal was the difference maker, but I guess it's, it's the duration of the time that you're holding down the scroll wheel button. So thank you. Also, uh, something Phil included in his email, but not his call, was that Tesla support told him that it's good to do a hard reset after every software update. It's just kind of a way to, you know, flush the system a little bit. So I wanted to pass that along as well. If you've got a pro tip of the week, something like what you just heard that's not super obvious or that you've learned about your car along the way, feel free to call in with it and share it with your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners. You can call in in either of the same methods that you use to call in to the Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, time to get rolling here. First, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Uh, again, it's uh, we're heading into a new year. Hopefully you have gotten a lot of enjoyment and use and good information out of the podcast uh, this year. If you are willing and able to do so, there is a voluntary way that you can support my efforts here on this podcast, and that is through Patreon. My Patreon page can be found at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There are various tiers there that you can support at. 
starting at just five bucks a month, you know, what is that? Like it's like a cup of coffee or something every month. Uh, your support would really make a difference in, uh, in my life and my family's life. But again, it's always optional. You don't have to do it. I'd appreciate it if you did, but uh, even if you don't, I just appreciate you listening and I'm happy to have you here with me each and every week uh, giving me your most valuable thing, which is time. I know that's, uh, again, I say it a lot, but I, I mean it very sincerely. I know how valuable your time is, so I thank you for giving me a week of it, or rather an hour of it or so, each and every week. But yes, patreon.com slash Podcast if you might feel so inclined to take a look at that. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com, your home for wonderful Tesla accessories, from tempered glass screen protectors to the rear footwell lighting kit to the center console wraps to the cup hole, uh, the drop-in cup holder stabilizers. It, the list, it's hundreds of things they've got there. Just a, a wonderful selection. Abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout and you will get 15% off of your first order with Abstract Ocean. Meanwhile, there's livingtesla.com slash RTL. Don't forget the slash RTL. That is your go-to spot to get the snap plate, aka the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds for people like me that hate front license plates, but you need to put one on from time to time, whether it's when you're parked at a parking meter or whether you're heading into a toll booth or something, Whatever, you might need to put it on there, you can do so. But it, when you don't need it, you can easily take it off. So livingtesla.com slash RTL. They've got it for the 3Y, X, and the S as well. So all four of the current Tesla vehicles. How about Immaculate Reflections? IRDetailing.com. That is the online home of my friend Jeff and Immaculate Reflections. Just a, a wonderful human and a wonderful, talented detailer as well. Maybe you want to get paint correction. Maybe you want to get some paint protection film. As I said, uh, it saved me again from a a rock chip this week. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating because you don't like waxing your car and would rather just ceramic coat it and then not worry about waxing for the next three to five years. Any of that, all of that, Jeff can take good care of you and your car. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a discount waiting for you. So get in touch on the website, irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL. That's your one-stop shop for all your dash cam and sentry mode needs. Just grab a kit. Easy. It's It really couldn't be simpler. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. It comes out of the package, formatted and ready to go for your car. Works with Mac or PC when you do want to take it out of the car and look at, you know, and, and maybe transfer some files off of there if you need to save save some videos at some point in time. PureTesla.com slash RTL, 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit. That's what I'm using. Or if you want to step up to the 256 gig kit, that is $69. And then finally, uh, coming soon, uh, coming to an end soon is Jada's end of the year sale. So if you want to grab a Jada wireless charging pad for your Model 3, or you might want to get a uh, USB hub for your 3 or your Y, you can find all of those products at Jada. 
use the coupon code JADA5 all together. So J-E-D-A and the number five for an even bigger holiday discount than my usual coupon code that they've got for listeners of the show, which is Ride the Lightning, all one word. Don't use the Ride the Lightning code right now. Use JADA5 for an even bigger holiday holiday discount. That uh, I believe that ends on the 1st. So if you're listening to this after the 1st, go ahead and use Ride the Lightning. But the link for that is the following. Please use this uh, my referral link here. It's getjada.com slash R-E-F slash 8. And Jada spelled J-E-D-A. If you are not subscribing to the podcast, you can do so. That's just a totally free thing. That doesn't have anything to do with Patreon. Subscribing to the podcast on your preferred podcast service just means that every new episode will be pushed out to you automatically. You don't have to remember to go and find it. Uh, You can subscribe on pretty much all the major podcast services, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and remember, TuneIn is in your Tesla. Yes, you can get this show straight from your car. I'm also on Spotify, and then if you just want to listen on YouTube, there's no video, but if that's where you want to listen, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find my channel there, no problem. Okie doke. With that, I want to thank the Plaid and Maximum Plaid level supporters from the Patreon. Thank you to Pete White, Danny Nelson, Jonathan Wales, Fernando Cordero, Sean Neidig, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, H. Jackson Wallace, and that is the Maximum Plaid crew. And then the Plaid folks, thank you so much. George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Eric St. Pierre, and the Tesla Owners Club of East... Oh, and Scott Gillis, the Tesla Owners Club of East Bay. Thank you to that group, and Scott Gillis as well. Thanks to everybody backing at the two plaid levels there. Your your support makes a, a big difference for me. I do sincerely appreciate it. And with that, that concludes the 2020 year of Ride the Lightning. Looking forward to 2021. Again, Cybertruck, Semi-Truck, Plaid S. That is three significant new vehicles for Tesla due in 2021. Two new factories plus the Model Y expansion at Shanghai that's due to open any minute now. I mean, it's really just going to be fun. Uh, We should hopefully have... Uh, the vaccine getting far and wide in 2021, which means getting back to more 
uh, of the regular Tesla events. Like I fully expect there'll be a, a Cybertruck launch event in Texas at some point, right about when they're starting production. There might be, as I said, I predicted there'd be one for the corporate clients, the reservation holders of the semi-truck. There's probably going to be a Plaid Model S event of some kind as well to show off that car. Imagine the test rides for that. They're going to sell some cars to Model S owners who who get to attend that just by virtue of, of taking them for a ride. I wonder if they might do that at the Fremont factory since that's where they build the Model S and that's where they've got the test track and they could really whip people around You'll have to sign a waiver, no doubt, uh, but <laughs> you could you could whip people around on the test track in the Plaid S. So there are going to be some really fun times. Uh, it's going to be a super fun year. I plan to be with you for another 52 weeks. I don't plan to miss any shows as I did not this year. It is uh, That is always the, the hope and the plan and, and good health willing. I'll be able to do that. So with that, I again want to thank you for listening in 2020. So much fun to be had in 2021, so stick with me. Again, I'll be back next week. There's no time off, holiday break, or anything for me. I will see, we'll see what there is to talk about next week. There generally aren't slow weeks with Tesla, but if there was ever going to be one, this next one could be it, given that it's a holiday week. But that remains to be seen. I'll be here next week regardless for a snoring Daisy the Boxer who this year went from Daisy the Boxer puppy to just Daisy the Boxer since she turned three. Anyway, for Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 282. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make, it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.